0: Hey, what's going on, you crazy Floridian? So glad to have you with us for another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. Everybody around the country is jealous of us. We're sitting around here in our flip-flops and our t-shirts, Gigi, and everybody else is in an igloo, right? Is that the way it's going? Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, that's Matt Austin. I'm Ginger Gadsden. We are joining you from sunny Warm. I think we're gonna have record breaking heat today and we shouldn't be
0: saying that. <laughs> hey, quit and rubbing so, that uh, in with the guy who's on the screen here because he's not. I, I near know, us.
1: but but then tomorrow it's gonna to be 47 degrees cooler or something like that. It's gonna be something yep. ridiculous. I, anywho, but we are so happy that you are able to join us. And today we have something that man, it is so important. And it's something that we generally think about, but not really in big picture terms. And it happened, we're thinking about this because of a breach that almost happened, it didn't happen. We are glad to be joined today by Kareem Hijazi, and he's with Pavilion, and it's a cyber intelligence company, and not security, but intelligence. So that tells you all you need to know right there. So Kareem, thank you so much for joining us today to share your insight, because the thing that got us talking about this was the potential water hack in Olsmar, Florida, where they were going to possibly poison uh, or tamper with the water that people would be drinking. It didn't happen, but tell me how something like that could have possibly happened, and how is a company like yours then alerted to a breach like that?
2: Now, thanks for having me, Ginger. Happy to happy to share some insight on that. Um, it's a great it's a great question. Um, the the hack was really a opportunistic, as I was mentioning to Matt a little bit before we got started here, uh, situation where the credentials to get into the what they called Team viewer, which is a remote access capability, were found and utilized, right and there are certain indications that suggest that they may have just been testing and toying around you know I read in one article that they actually the the operator within the the utility saw his mouse take get c- control of and it was moving around the screen and that's what gave them awareness of the fact that they were they were hacked, right so, that alone sort of indicates that this may not have been an incredibly sophisticated adversary, uh, not to say that they wouldn't been any, any less dangerous. It just wasn't a uh, nation state actor necessarily. We don't know that. Right. Attribution is always very hard. Um, but yes, it's extremely alarming. Uh, the fact that they seem to know what they were doing for changing the levels of the chemistry in the water to make it, in, you know, impalatable or, or possibly even dangerous to drink is, is really alarming. Um, but yeah, I mean, our organization, interestingly, and you brought up a great point. With us being an intelligence firm, um, typically the way we would come across something like this is that we would, um, we haven't, we have the systems built out on the internet. Let's call it what it is, very simply, that will collect information on when an organization gets hacked, and the way we're able to do that is we kind of go the opposite direction that many security organizations go. So your question earlier makes a lot of sense, which is are we security or are we something else? We actually look for the adversary's infrastructure and what they've set up. So uh, I'll use the term lightly, but we sort of hunt the hackers down that are evil and effectively wait and lurk within their environments so that when one of their victims and the malware installed within those victims calls back to them, we're able to see it at the same time. And that gives us really unprecedented visibility into who's compromised. This one might not have been something we would have seen directly because they were using a legitimate tool, but uh, but that's not to suggest they didn't install something there that will eventually call out and we'll see it show up in our system.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it one of those cases where I, I just compare it to like someone who's just looking for an opportunity to breach something. Say you don't lock your car door in your neighborhood and that person's just going from car to car to car and eventually they're gonna find a car that's unlocked. Yeah. Is that kind of what's happening here?
2: That's that's very accurate. Uh, hacking, you know, and, and whether it's a professional or some, you know, uh, young, young person trying to experiment and test the waters that's, you know, clever, uh, usually it's very opportunistic. They're looking for something that will give them a thread to pull. And then they'll run with it, right? They rarely brute force. As you, the term is, is used in the industry, to try to go into the front door, they're looking for some sort of weak access point. To your point, really good example with the cars, right? Um, another example might be a house. You know, you're not going to go burst through the front door. You might look through, look for an unlatched window somewhere on the house. Um, you know, and that's the the big the big fear here. It's all about um, what is left open that can be exploited by these guys.
0: Yeah. And people are weighing in on Facebook. So glad to have you with us. Uh, Some folks are weighing in after we uh, introduced this. Yes, this is the hack that happened in Oldsmar. And you might be wondering why we're talking about it It happened a few weeks ago. At least we found out about it a few weeks ago. It was one of those headlines that we kind of talked about for maybe 30 seconds on the news. And we were like, wait a second, somebody hacked into a water system, system. Uh, which totally freaked us out and started Mm -hmm. messing with things that could have really affected people's health. So Uh, We brought in this uh, cybersecurity expert, Kareem, to kind of get us through how this happened and what kind of dangers were there. So, Kareem, now, we talked about the the different chemicals that make up our water and how important that is. And this hacker was trying to mess with those. Now, fortunately, the safeguards stepped in and Mm -hmm. they were able to keep it from affecting people. But it... how good are those safeguards is what we're asking, I, su- I suppose. Can we make sure that this doesn't ever happen to that degree? Sure.
2: Yeah, No. It's a great question. Um, the greater problem here is that, you know, these utilities, we were talking about this, um, my team and I not too long ago regarding infrastructure, critical infrastructure. A lot of the software that runs these things um, are, are very old, right? They're not. These are not things that are updated regularly. Um, And the greater problem here is that while it doesn't matter about the size of this utility, right, because um, the main issue here is that those systems are kind of ubiquitous across all of them, the big ones, the small ones, not just water. This could be oil. This could be power. Um, So the fact that this sort of experiment worked, if you want to call it that, um, is the the alarming part of this. It's not so much the specific event there. It's the fact that this might have tipped off greater set of adversaries that say, oh, opportunity, this looks great. Um, You know, let's use this and leverage it. You know, the fact that it was an old version of Windows that the software was running on is a huge indicator that these things are not updated. So the safeguards are half, half and half. And the halves are updating what is there, right? Things like Windows, (laughs) just make sure it's the latest. Now, unfortunately, in this case, it may not be something that they can update, to be fair. The other side is what do you have that is securing that? What is the extra software or hardware or even teams that are there reviewing this? What do you have in place? And it sounds like neither of those things were in place to really secure the environment, which is concerning.
1: It's so concerning because, you know, my husband and I, we like to read a lot of David Baldacci. And there's always something where, okay, some vulnerable system is tested like say out in california and they're just testing a little part of it to mm-hmm. see if they could cripple the grid right and if it works in this little area then they can mass produce it or spread it out to a larger area do you see that this could have potentially turned in like well let's try a little because olsmar is not something that's on a lot of people's radar. I used to live in the Tampa area, so I know exactly where it is, but Mm -hmm. it's not a city you think about. It's not like uh, Tampa or Orlando, it's Oldsmar. So it's almost like they were testing to see, well, let's see if we can get in here and then maybe we can, now we can try maybe Tampa or something like that. Is that a concern?
2: Very much so, Ginger. You bring up an excellent point. Um, What I'm really impressed with, with Oldsmar and, and this utility is they shared. The, the reality of what happened. Many don't, right? So, the truth of the matter is that these things happen actually quite a bit more than people assume. Um, it's just, unless it hits mainstream media like it did with this one, you never really hear about it. So, I got to give them credit for sharing all the gory details of what transpired because what that did is it sort of brought to the mainstream awareness that this is possible and this can actually happen. So, the truth of it is that yes, it's probably actually being leveraged. As we speak, or it already has, um, in many other places. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Matt and I were talking about this with regard to Texas. Now, N- you know, I said this term: no, no good crisis goes to waste with these adversaries. They're going to take advantage of a weaker point in a system like this right now. What's with what's, what's going on in Houston at the moment and rest of Texas um, to take advantage of? Whether they do anything damaging right now is beside the point. What, they'll, what they may do and what they may have done in Oldsmore and other places. Is implant something for later use, and that's what's really terrifying here, right? Is that the doors open? Let's get something in there and then turn it on later when we really know everyone is kind of calm and there's no more vigilance around it. Right now, it's the worst time in the world for them to go and take this this little water utility down because everyone's paying attention. Mm-hmm. The minute people stop paying attention is when they're going to do something, or they'll attack something that no one's paying attention to, which is the reality.
0: Yeah, and, and that yeah, usually old works pretty well. probably has water right now.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so I, I'm curious, we have some folks weighing in. Angela has an interesting question. She's talking about going manual. Okay, I guess back in the day at our water systems, there were people flipping switches and, and that sort of thing. Is it possible for us to even take our water systems, get them off the internet and just avoid hacking altogether? Is that a thing?
2: Unfortunately, I don't think many systems even have that facility anymore. Um, most things have gone so digital and the speed by which they need to be managed is the issue. Um, I'll give you a parallel example that happened last year. Do you remember this is slightly parallel to this, but do you remember when all the ransomware attacks were going on with the hospitals close to the end of the year? Yeah um, Everyone asked very similar questions, which is a very logical question. It makes a lot of sense. Why wouldn't you just simply take these things offline because that's where they're getting in? And the answer was that they simply couldn't. the speed by which they need to access things, the updates, Um, the fact that things need to be monitored in a consistent and continuous manner requires it to be a computer in many cases, right? Because you simply just can't have the team members sit there day in and day out staring at the same things over and over. Um, now there are certainly some things that are smaller that can be done. Um, there are things that can be turned off, like for example, automatic updating over the air updates as they call it, right? Those things should be, or could be turned off at least in these situations until, you know, the, that they're more secure. But unfortunately, I don't believe most things that are fairly advanced can be fully taken offline and put back into a manual state. It sure would create jobs, but unfortunately, I don't think that uh, uh, I don't think the systems are up for that anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: And you guys, you know, this we're talking about little old Oldsmar and you said they did a great job, but mm-hmm. you guys track places all around the place right you like tell me a little bit about that because you were describing something about it really is almost like you know calling the kremlin to alert that okay here here's where we are right now
2: exactly so on um, this is back to some really morbid news here a little, as far as the the quantity and scale of the hacking that's going on um, over the last 180 days Prevalence seen close to 77 billion beacons. And what I mean by that is that beacon is literally the phone call that the spy is calling back to its master with 77 billion beacons across probably 30 or 40,000 different organizations across the planet. So it's not just the US that we're looking at. We're looking at a global, you know, attack, you know, surface. Um, And that has escalated since the beginning of 2020. So unfortunately this method of getting in through, you know, the internet or hacking in and getting what they want is becoming more the preferred method. You can be very far away and inflict the same level of damage, steal the same amount of information, if not more. So it's becoming a very popular utility and it's becoming a very geopolitical situation. So, you know, our focus is primarily nation state actors and what their intentions and goals are. And they're generally very careful with their strategies. They would never move the mouse around in front of the operator. You know, they would wait absolutely for the time to do something. I like that you're Uh, laughing. So
0: that was an an immature move by whoever was trying to hack into Oldsmar. That was not Russia, uh, the Kremlin
2: breaking in no way no or
1: was it were they trying to make us think that maybe
0: that's too- what they want us to think
2: <laughs> right well you know what's there's two there's two ways to look at this one is that this was an amateur and they didn't know what they were doing and they were they were thought they were controlling something that no one was able to see or it's someone that feels they've got total control of a system at this point that doesn't matter and that's probably the the more bleak scenario here right because So what did they know were in the system, right? This is very much what happened overseas in places like the Ukraine before, where they did, and it was the Russians, and they were being very overt about what they were doing to these power grids. And the operators simply couldn't control their machines and they had to leave their power station and give up.
1: Well, that's scary. That's, (laughs) right. you know, I mean, what do you do with this? Because you're talking about monitoring, you know, 77 billion beacons, billions. I, that's exhausting just listening to that. And you're one company. So
0: right.
1: you know, how how is that how does that work?
2: Um it it's it's an ongoing chess game, honestly, Ginger. So really what's interesting is our data fuels other security organizations to be more effective, right? That's the, that's the key is that we're sort of the last phase of this thing managed to get through all the security you've invested in and put in place so you still have more work to do is really our story, right? And the bigger story, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is not only talking about the ones that are victimized already, it's about all the partnerships and those supply chain partners. And now that's become a very hot topic because of the solar wind situation, helping them understand that you're in um, clear and present danger with your partners. Trusted Connections that you once had or that you do have actively or you're thinking about engaging are compromised and they will result in your compromise because it'll literally laterally move through the connection and get to you if you don't take action.
0: Yeah, but yeah. we've talked. Oh, oh sorry, Gigi. Uh, no, we no, go talk about bleak scenarios here. It's not always mm-hmm. the best news. I want to know about the one that keeps you up at night, Kareem. All right. So what is the situation you feel like not only Are you worried about it happening, but it's likely to happen and it really freaks you out?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of our a lot of our customers are big corporate, huge enterprises, governments. Uh, Those are very, very important organizations to protect. But believe it or not, what we're talking about today, uh, be it Oldsmar and a small little water utility or not, it's the critical infrastructure hacks and the concerted takedown of of a, of syst- one system after another, that I think scares all of us in the industry, uh, because it is weaker, fundamentally, right? It's an older infrastructure. Um, mentioned this a little bit ago, it was not built with security in mind to begin with, so all of this has to be bolted onto the back end now, and it has to be constantly updated, and there's it's almost a little Dutch boy problem. You're constantly trying to plug holes everywhere, and new holes pop up everywhere that you wouldn't have suspected. So those are the ones that I think keep, I can speak for a lot of my colleagues in this, that's the one that keeps us up at night because it sounds like a Hollywood movie, but it's very real. You know, Literally what happened there, had they not had other safeguards to limit that non-potable water getting out, it would have gotten to people and we would have had a biological impact from something that was electronic originally, which is terrifying, right? Because, and then you do that in concert with something like a power grid Attack, not a failure, quote unquote. Now you've got people being rushed to the hospitals because of you know a biological impact from water, and then the power's not there to support that. You've got a really really terrible terrible situation. So
1: bad set of dominoes going down.
2: right Yeah, there. those will keep us up at night, definitely.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's just you know, and we do we talk about these breaches all the time. For example, say like a big corporation will hire like a cybersecurity thing. Mm-hmm you know, to make sure that their fortress is, is strong, right? right? And then it, it's revealed that that cybersecurity company hadn't updated anything. And, you know, they're running on these old systems. You just right. Are we just too trusting as a nation of saying, okay, I've handed it over to the, the experts? What, what should those companies really be looking at before they get a call from you saying, hey, right. i got some news for you?
2: Excellent, excellent point. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it security companies generally do what they know how to do. Um, they're They are doing a good job as long as you're configuring the tools that you buy properly. That's another thing we see a lot. A lot of things are bought and deployed and they're not deployed fully or properly. Right. So sadly, the tools are there to do a lot of defensive work. They're just not established properly. They're not, you know, set up in a way that actually does the job effectively. Um, The other thing that is important, and it kind of leads to my greater answer here, is sometimes it has nothing to do with the security tools in there. It's the hacking of the individual. So phishing emails, right? Something that would seem fairly innocuous. Um, A phishing email could be the very first domino in that domino effect that then leads to a complete infestation of an entire organization. One email clicked on by some unwitting recipient and you've got something installed on your system that will then laterally move to another system, and then eventually make its way to critical infrastructure is very possible. And there's almost no security to stop that unless it can be identified as a spam or you know a malicious email, I should say, or malicious package. So the answer is education. It's learning what is possible. Um, a lot of organizations sort of do exactly what you said, Ginger. They buy it and they go, "Good, I've covered my uh, bases here. I've bought what I think is." been proven to be workable by my colleagues. I did a bake-off between this and that, and um, I've done my job. I bought it, and that doesn't do the job because if we see it, it's not working.
1: Yeah, that's – you know, I will say, and Matt will attest to this, we we get annoyed sometimes, but every – it's like quarterly. We get tested by our company. Right.
0: (laughs) They send an email, and if we click on it, we have to take a security course. It's like – so I don't click on anything – Anymore. Like, congratulations. You get a four hour security everything. course. Yeah. I don't even Ginger tries to email me. I'm like, I don't trust. <laughs> no. Nope. Right. Uh, right. But
1: now it makes so hearing you say this, I get it now. I real. at first I was like, Oh no one's gonna click on this. This looks silly. Who would click on that? But lo and behold, people are click, click, click happy, you right. know? And so it just makes you hyper aware of those things and we really do. I, I I will send it out. It's like, hey, is this legit? And sometimes it's it's not. And sometimes it's like, yeah, okay, that's that's a good one. You just can't be too you know careful about things like that. So now my whole attitude about taking those tests <laughs> <laughs> It's all changed. <laughs> yeah, it really has. Because that wow, how how frightening.
0: Yeah. It really well, is
2: it's, scary. Yeah. Kareem, what were you gonna say? It is. Well, one last thing on that, you know, I, I hate to say that those are it's great. I mean, look, I got to give the company credit. I know it's a very annoying process. Believe me. I mean, we we don't like it ourselves, even though we're the ones sort of you know, promoting that that that, you know, protection. But I'll tell you what, I mean, even with all that education, a really sophisticated actor is going to know exactly how Matt would email you, Ginger. He They would use the nicknames. They would use all the lingo and jargon that you guys would normally have with each other so that you do believe it's him. And then you'll, it'll be like, look at this YouTube video I found, you know, which might be something that would seem barely and it would look like a YouTube link and it's not. Mm-hmm. So just to be, I don't want to be foreboding, but I'm just saying that, you know, unfortunately there are some things that absolutely can't be stopped. So that way first alerting knowing when something has manifested and taken root and persisted is, um, is critical, right? Knowing it, time is of the essence that we call it dwell time. So let's say something happens to your organization or anyone else. The amount of time that that adversary has in that company is critical. It's like any other crime. The, the shorter amount of time they have in that environment, the better. So first notification is critical.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, we're getting at somebody just said, David just said, any system can be hacked.
2: Absolutely um, correct. Yeah,
0: he yeah. did. He was also talking about, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but it is interesting. Autonomous vehicles. Uh, a lot of people are very scared of the autonomous vehicles coming and then someone hacking into your car and driving you off a bridge or something like that. Hopefully, they come up with some really good security to keep that from happening. Uh, is that something you think about, Kareem?
2: I hope so. That's another one of those keep-me-up-at-night ones uh, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at these these vehicles that, that are – their entire systems are updated over the air, as we were talking about a little earlier, right? They have to have a conduit to the Internet in order to get their updates now there's likely pretty good security about how they probably vpn directly it's probably a direct connection that should not have the means to be hacked quote unquote should not right but listen if it can be reached from an outside source you just have to look at it in a very simplistic fashion if something can be reached by a remote utility if that remote utility could be compromised so if you get the let's call it the hub and the spoke approach, right? If you get the hub, you've got all, you got access to every spoke. And so unfortunately, if you look at it from the autonomous vehicle standpoint, the hub is where things are, the updates are going to come from. And the spokes are the links to the autonomous vehicles themselves. If you get that hub, well, you know, the cars are just another little hop away. So yeah, I, I think that obviously I think they're taking it very seriously, but I, I have to say that nothing's bulletproof. So Back to that gentleman's statement, which is 100% correct. If it can be engineered, it can be reverse engineered, right? Yeah. So. Oh my
1: God. And, you know, I remember you saying at the beginning of this that you guys have been seeing a lot more attempts happening since the beginning of 2020. And coincidentally, that's also when the pandemic started right around March of 2020. And, you know, you have all of these companies who have sent people home to work, and they yep. have these company systems on their desktops, their laptops. Is that one of those reasons?
2: Oh, massive. So that's been the big problem is that um, people talk about supply chain tax and they think about it in this fairly straightforward way, which is that you're one company and you have a supplier that's X. And that X supplier could be a risk. Um, With the pandemic, every individual that went home uh, that has their business computer on their desk sitting next to their personal computer in the next room to their son or daughter's Xbox that could be hacked, is now a third-party risk, everyone. So organizations that now have everyone VPNing in, people like to think VPNs a security tool, and it is. In it, in in, as long as you understand the nature of where it starts and it stops, right? VPNs are a really good tunnel to protect you, protect your data on the internet as it traverses the internet to its endpoint. It has nothing to do with securing the the computer that it it's set up on. So if my computer that's my work computer is at home and I have my work computer on the same network as my home computer, and my home computer is a cesspool of malware and viruses, it will simply hop from my home computer to my work computer and then use the VPN as a tunnel to get into the organization. So over 2020, we spent a lot of our time helping organizations manage their home workforce because the home workforce has been the biggest threat to their compromise of their main organization. So yeah, long answer to your very good question. No, too.
1: that's great. Cause you say home workforce, but that also made me think of homework. The kids are home from school, and everybody's on that same system, everybody's too, on Mom it. and dad on the company, and then the right. kids are on the school system. And sometimes those aren't secure either, yeah. or as secure
0: as they should be. Oh, yeah. My kids will click on literally anything. We've had to have <laughs> talks about this. Don't click on things. If you get an email, don't click. Okay, so uh, before we let you go, this has been fascinating. I feel like I've learned a lot, but I do want to give the people something in their house. So say you're trying to guard your own information, your own security in your house. You deal, mm-hmm. I know, with mostly companies, but give me like maybe the two best sure. things people can do to make sure they're safe in their home from getting hacked.
2: Sure. Sure. And I'm going to try to give you something that's not what everyone else will tell you, you know, update your laptop. And those are yeah. those are hopefully pretty well known now. There's things There are things that people don't think about, which is change your default passwords on your router you know, which you buy uh, or you're, you're leased to by, by your, your ISP, um, that is, that's a really scary vector of attack. Um, and the reason why is that they're not actually attacking your laptop where you might feel a difference in the performance of the machine. They're getting the last gateway of your home in a way that you can't guard it. You can't put antivirus on your router, right? So that's one thing that's really important and usually they'll get in because no one changes the default passwords on their routers when they buy them it's usually admin admin or admin password or whatever you can look at it on google so that's one thing to think about that's pretty straightforward and really could change things around quite a bit for you as far as giving you some level of protection Um, another thing that would be really good to do is um, once you've set your machines up on your route, and I'm assuming wireless when I say this, right? Because yeah, there's sure. many people who aren't wired anymore. Um, there is the means, and if you have the technical ability to do it, turn off the broadcast of your Wi-Fi network's name, right? The, the, it'll it'll always say, you know, Kareem's Home Network. It'll broadcast that so you can connect to it. But once you're connected to it, turn it off. Turn off that broadcast. It'll still connect. You'll still be connected, but it won't let everyone driving by your house know yes. what it I, <laughs> I didn't was, know you could do I that.
1: Pick up my neighbor's stuff, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, because they use their names. So right. I'm like, why am I getting this person? Oh. Well, yeah. I,
0: hold on. How the heck? How do I do that? Can I take <laughs> my camera down there and you help me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I'm
2: it's just SSID kidding. broadcast is what it's called. SSID broadcast, and and what that does is it doesn't turn off Wi-Fi. It just turns off the broadcast of the name uh, to let let anyone know that it's there. And that's a, that's another good step. Now that won't necessarily protect you from, you know, a remote hacker coming in through your email and all that, but it will protect someone that's being nefarious in your neighborhood, or like you said, Ginger, your neighbor, you know, or a lot of people use their own names on it. I mean, there's so much PII or personal identifiable information that you can get from even just the name of the wireless network. So things like that. Um, those are two kind of little more obscure ones that I think are important that no one ever talks about. Um, let's see one more thing that would be good if you have another little bit slightly more technical but a good one if you can segregate your network and have your kids be on one with a separate password separate wi-fi like channel than you that would be one more step in the right direction uh it's inconvenient a little bit because now you're you know running around trying to get them set up on a separate thing but one little bit of help there that could limit what that incessant clicking which my kids do too matt stopping that from resulting in them getting compromised which is also me getting compromised so yeah no one's impervious but that could help a little bit too
1: okay so going back to that that SSID broadcast that's where you're sitting in a Starbucks and you're trying to get mm-hmm. on Wi-Fi and it's like join any network or join you know join Kareem's network or whatever is that what you're talking about is that the same thing
2: i am yeah that's starbucks broadcasting starbucks you know here's our wireless connect to it so at home generally speaking when you turn on your wireless router when you buy it or right now if you go home and you see that it's saying here's my network there's a way to turn that broadcast off on the router once you log into your router and you say all right I'm now connected. These are all the machines connected. There are more sophisticated ways to keep yourself secure there, but that's probably a little too much for the audience right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think that that is a pretty easy one little checkbox that someone could probably find and do. All right. Well, I guess I need to, I my, my, router,
0: to... My, my router name was my social security number. So I, great, I guess I have to <laughs> change that. Um, yeah. <laughs> your
2: password to birthday. So. Password's your password to birthday. Everybody yeah. come on in. Let's
0: have let's have a party. So, well, well, this has been great. I that was really useful information. I'm gonna, as soon as we get oh. off here, I'm going to go uh oh, yeah, get yeah. rid of that broadcast. Uh, that's, that's Okay. That's okay, can idea. I say
1: one more thing before sure. he goes? And Do you it. can't. You promise you can't get mad at me, Kareem, because I've been looking at know. you this entire time and all I can think about and that you maybe you don't agree have you been told you look like John
2: Krasinski? Uh,
1: cow. I'm just looking I've at you and that. I'm like,
2: that's, yeah, yes. I've got that before. Yep. I've, I've been. That's that's a that's a newer one, but it's. I'll take it. He's a pretty awesome dude. So.
1: Matt, do you see <laughs> it?
2: I can see it. I think he's a. Be- I'm
0: gonna say he's a better looking John Krasinski. Here we are with the good news <laughs> on Florida's fourth estate. Uh, not bad. Yeah, that's going to be our headline on our website is uh, John Krasinski helps us with cyber security. Cyber
1: intelligence. <laughs> yeah, <I'll take> so-
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, he is. is doesn't he do the, uh, the Ryan? What is it? The series on? Uh, yeah.
2: So, yeah. You know, we even have the same job. It's even, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's- there's a lot there, Ginger. I think you just <laughs> tapped into something. Sorry,
1: but. I derailed it. I, I just had to say it. I had to say it. Because every time I look up, I'm like, that guy looks so I can tell
0: up. that's been bugging you, Gigi. I love it. Uh, hey, Kareem, thank you. Girl. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
1: My because pleasure. If you guys. can make us understand it, then any – I'm speaking for myself – that anyone can understand it. And I understood a lot, mostly everything you said today. Right. Some of it I'm going to have to look it up.
2: <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, happy to help. A lot out there to learn. And we're always learning, even us. theres It's just constantly evolving. So All right. It's well. So tough. I
0: I hope we don't hear from you guys anytime soon. I do not (laughs) ever want the call from you, Kareem, about uh, Russia's getting into uh, your News 6 account there or something like that. So thank you so much for breaking it down and uh, your willingness to come on Florida's Fourth Estate. We appreciate you. And good luck battling the bad guys out there. I hope you get them.
2: Thank you very much, guys. We'll keep on it.
1: Hunt those hackers.
0: (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. You too.